0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Hey, happy Passover coming up tonight to all of our listeners of the Jewish faith. That's uh, firing up in a few hours here in the States. Across Europe, you folks may already be at Seder time. And so to uh, commemorate the Passover will break down a 13 game Tuesday NBA card. Hi, everybody. Hello. Oh, I am gassed today, man. It, like, you know what the thing is for me? And this is a dumb complaint, because like Dan stopped complaining about doing a, a fantasy basketball podcast that's fun. It's it's silly. It's a joy. Uh but there's there's a mindset for any broadcast. You just kind of have to get into. There needs to be, I think I'm pretty good at just sort of like parachuting in and doing a broadcast when I have to, but I do need like, even if it's 15 seconds to just kind of collect myself and get ready to yell about something on air for a needlessly long amount of time. And that just did not happen this morning here in the Vesper's household. This was like, Monday and Tuesday, for some reason, like, the the realities of kids on spring break didn't fully lock in. Today, it locked in. The kids were just, like, beating each other to hell and coming and going. And one of them didn't want to go on the dog walk, so that one just kept coming. Like, every time I wanted to just sit down and get the YouTube show set up and get the equipment going... And make sure I got all my stuff lined up, all my websites open, all my pages so that I'm saying the right things here. Nope. Not today. Like that awesome commercial with Dikembe Mutombo. Not today. All right. Well, uh, we'll get it together. We'll get the adrenaline going. We'll get a show Cooking here in a second. You know how we're gonna do it? I'm just gonna say, hi, welcome to Fantasy NBA Today. I'm Dan Baspers. Let's talk about a basketball game. That's how we're gonna get into this thing. Cleveland beat Orlando 117-113. I still don't fully understand why the Cavaliers are playing their guys this heavily. Maybe they wanted to get to 50 wins, but like they're locked into the four. They ain't going anywhere here the last five days of the regular season. Two and a half gap, back of the Sixers three and a half up on the Knicks. Their spot is locked in. I still think, and actually Karis LaVert had a pretty good ball game here again. He's been on a really nice run of efficiency over like a solid three weeks now. And this is with the team healthy. Uh, But I do still think that Garland or Donovan Mitchell or Evan Mobley or like someone's going to take a rest day down the stretch for Cleveland someone's going to do it. They can't in good conscience play these guys every game this final week. That would be dumb. In an era of rest, when you've got a big playoff battle coming up with the Knicks, you can't... like You've got to take care of your guys. And they only have two games left. They've got Orlando tomorrow and Charlotte the final day. They could rest everybody the rest of the way. All that to say... It feels like there's a decent chance that Karis Levert gets an even larger role over these final couple of ballgames. For Orlando, everything is pretty much locked in. Um, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, they just trade off who has a better ballgame. This time it was Cole. And then you've got the usuals, the regulars, doing what they've done all year. Whether that's been good for your fantasy team or not, they're going to keep doing it. Toronto beat Charlotte. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. is listed as questionable. This is the... Uh, with back spasms, I believed. He did not play in this ballgame. We already have a listing for him, and Toronto doesn't play again. Oh, no, they played tonight. Sorry. Toronto's got another one tonight in Boston. So maybe Trent makes his return for that one. Honestly, at this point, doesn't really matter that much to me. He might come off the bench and have a good ball game if he comes back, but all of the regular starters are there. Oh, did Scotty Barnes have a bad ball game yesterday? But, like, it's starters or bust with Toronto. And then for Charlotte, oh, we're very much in the, the whirlwind right now. They're listing a couple of the, call them like the semi regulars as questionable. So there's still an outside shot that we see Dennis Smith Jr. I think there's actually still an outside shot. We see Kelly Oubre for a ball game here. Um, if I had to guess, I think Ubrey's out for the rest of the regular season. There's a chance he plays, but I think he's probably out. They don't play again until Friday. They go Friday, Sunday to finish off the regular season. I think we do see Dennis Smith Jr. for one or both of those ballgames, which makes the El Maladon kind of a difficult player to hold the rest of this week. But certainly if you're in Roto, there's no harm in hanging on to him because he's a big points-assists, low-efficiency guy who's been kind of like bumbling his way into some defensive stats here as well. Um, JT Thor had a decent ball game here. He's a little hit or miss. And then you've got the, uh, well, Svi Luke is, is, is a must-start play, which, uh, Svi, silly season, uh, top candidate this year. Nick Richards and Kai Jones. This was the Nick Richards and Kai center split game. And uh, Richards was the guy. Next one is going to be Kai Jones getting the day off. Richards and Mark Williams will both be playing. Um, you could probably play both of those guys in Roto if you need points, boards, and field goal percent. And then uh, Mark Williams a little bit more effective with defensive stats. But Charlotte's got a lot of interesting options here. Thanks in large part to the silliness of the silly season. Milwaukee beat Washington and more or less wrapped up the top seed. They... Uh, the one thing kind of dangling here is no nah, i mean yeah it's done it's done let's just call it done bucks have a three game lead on the celtics uh, i believe both teams actually have three ball games left boston toronto twice and atlanta milwaukee they've hit chicago memphis and toronto i i what i don't know off the top of my head and you know bad prep dan you can wag your finger at me is who has the tiebreaker between those two teams um, but for Milwaukee, like look, just assume that they don't have the tiebreaker. The Bucks need one of their remaining three games or they need Boston to lose one of the remaining three, or maybe that doesn't matter at all. Either way, this thing is pretty much locked in. Uh Brooke Lopez, Jay Crowder, Drew Holiday, Giannis, Ingles, these guys are all a, a risk to rest in the second half of the back to back. I would expect Bobby Portis, who had a huge ball game here anyway, to have a monster one here on the Milwaukee back to back. Chris Middleton will be playing in the second half, so he should have a pretty big one. And then, if any of these other guys do play on the back to back, well, then they've got an opportunity to go kind of large as well. And this is notable because, again, if you're roto stat hunting, you got to look everywhere. You got to look at every team at every angle to find out which guy might get you the categories you need. Which brings us to messy, messy Washington. Delon Wright ruled out with illness at the last moment. Could his season be done? Gosh, I hope not. I love Delon Wright when he's going huge. They've got a back-to-back in Atlanta tonight. Uh, hopefully he gets ruled back in because if he does, he'll have a colossal ball game. But this setup here is a really useful one for us from uh, the Rolodex standpoint. I love the the Rolodex. So the Rolodex here with Washington is, if all of these guys are out again, if it's the same lineup they're trotting out there, you've got Daniel Gafford, who only played 21 center minutes. He had some foul trouble stuff, but not a ton of it. They just, like, they'll go wherever. Um, Kendrick Nunn had 24 points in 22 minutes. I I don't like the 22 minutes thing. Johnny Davis, who, you know, we don't know a ton about his fantasy game, but if he's going to play 37 minutes and get basically like maximum usage and playing time, he'd be good for a one-day stream. Jordan Goodwin, we know, has an elite fantasy game. Not as great on the reality side, but an elite fantasy game. And so if he gets another start, I would drop into into a lineup. Corey Kispert's been pretty good lately. He missed all of his three-pointers yesterday, and that was sort of the difference between a very effective and meh basketball game. But he's playable when all these guys are out. The one thing that I think changes here is, you know, if we see DeLon Wright or Monty Morris or someone like that creep back up from the injured ranks, who gets bumped? Probably Goodwin. And then does Johnny Davis still have enough to do in that scenario if he's not, if DeLon Wright becomes sort of the the leader of the attack for the Wizards? The answer is maybe. It does seem like the Wizards kind of want to see what they have with Johnny Davis turn him loose a little bit here down the stretch so he's probably slightly on the good side of 50-50 but the wizards health report as we move our way through this lovely little wednesday is a in my opinion a pretty large storyline because you again have all of these dudes you could just drop into a lineup out of the sky unfortunately a lot of rotoli and this is the way it should be are day before roster move. So you probably would have had to do some of these things last night, but Hey, maybe you get this stuff for the wizards, you know, it gets Miami and Houston over the Friday, Sunday. Like maybe there's more Miami at Detroit. Uh, one thing I absolutely loved about this ball game and forget for a minute that Gabe Vincent played 36 minutes and was, and was very, very good. You guys know where I stand with the heat. I'm only playing the three main guys. And then anybody else is just scheduling Jalen Duran. Finally got unleashed. Thirty-six minutes of Durin, and it was magnifique. Twenty points, fourteen rebounds, a steal and a block, and seven out of eight shooting. This is what we've been wanting. This is why I said keep him in all formats. Because he's just a he's a monster. They tried playing Duran and Wiseman together, and not surprisingly, it's it was, you know, it doesn't work all that great because there's just no floor spacing at all with almost anything that Detroit is doing. I know Jaden Ivy at four, three pointers and he's been putting up these ridiculous popcorn stats down the stretch. But like Isaiah livers is the only other dude that likes to step out and shoot the three ball. But look, I don't care. Jalen Durant is a bonafide monster on the basketball court. He is like everyone. And I say like, you can see this in different, types of players to me it's always more obvious in baseball folks picture this nightmare scenario you're hosting friends for the big game it's neck and neck in the fourth quarter and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks boo say all of your friends you start to sweat between a certain type of player and a different one. With baseball, like you can use multiple senses. When a pitcher is just one click up, you listen to the sound of their fastball when it hits the catcher's glove. And it's this loud, resounding thwack thud together. Because that thing is just moving and humming. And it's the same thing on the batting side. The guys that are just one level up, when they make contact with a baseball, it sounds like a stick of D- TNT going off. With basketball, it's a little bit harder because like, you're not going to be able to hear the difference the same way. But when you watch certain guys play... And for basketball, speed and strength are probably the ones that you can pick out with the eye test a little bit better. And strength... For Jalen Duran is just a level above. And this dude's young. He's so strong. Oh, I'm really excited about what he, he can be if Detroit continues to just let him roll. So hopefully they do. What this does is it now finally gives us all a reason to say bye-bye to James Wiseman. Because if he's playing alongside Duren, he's just going to get circles run around him. Because Jalen's already better. Um... And then, the, you know, the other question was, like, would they go to Eugenio Marui at power forward exclusively? And the answer was no. They went to the two-center lineup, basically. Livers I don't trust. Ivy is your guy if you're okay with inefficiency stuff. Killian Hayes is basically just if you want to ring a couple of assists out of a play. But, I, I, you know, I don't like a lot of that stuff for straight Roto. Um, other than, again, stat hunting, that's where things get uh, a little bit more interesting. Minnesota beat Brooklyn. Had a pretty good comeback at the end of this ball game. I think it was a really tight one, and then the Wolves kind of took over down the stretch. No surprises of any kind on either side, really. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith's been playing better lately. I, I still don't know that I trust him night to night in Roto. Uh, but, you know, at least if you wanted to drop me, you're like, okay, I need rebounds, threes, and a smattering of defensive stats. That's your stat hunt there. Mike Conley only one assist in yesterday's game. Slow-mo was basically the point guard for every minute he was on the floor and he didn't rebound at all. That was a weird one. I mean, weird one, but again, not, no no surprises really. So let's just keep moving on. Houston blew out Denver. Nuggets are in straight cruise control right now. They just like they've had this thing wrapped up for so long that they've completely stopped trying. Suddenly their lead for the one seed is only two ball games, which like this isn't over. Denver's in Phoenix. That's a very loseable game tomorrow at Utah on Saturday. They've been surprising some teams here and then home to Sacramento. And you know, some of this is going to come down to who's playing what and when. Grizzlies are in New Orleans tonight. Um both those teams are going to be fighting. Like that's they got at Milwaukee and then home to the Thunder. It's a tough schedule down the stretch. They want to keep the Kings at bay. So they're still pushing. Nuggets, I think, would like to keep the Grizzlies at bay, so we should get just a little bit longer here of these teams at the top of the West trying a little bit. Uh, Jamal Murray hurt his thumb. That's unfortunate. Hopefully it's more precautionary than anything else. We'll find out more soon enough. That would really stink for Denver to lose him going into the playoffs, especially when you consider the quality of teams that could actually come out of the play-in in the Western Conference. In the meantime... Uh, that's more shots for Michael Porter Jr. in particular. More shots for Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown. We know he always gets a bump when someone's out, and he had a magical eight cash stat ball game: three steals, three blocks, two three pointers. That's a beautiful thing from old Brucey. And then you know, like you'll see a little bit more Reggie Jackson with Jamal out, uh, but it get, like it's not guaranteed. They can go to a Jokic point guard situation. This is a really ugly game for Denver. In like every respect, 20 turnovers, missed all their free throws, didn't make their shots, didn't pass well. Houston cared more. That's why this one and Houston won their 20th game of the year. Congratulations to the De- Detroit Pistons who have locked up the worst record in basketball and to the Rockets and Spurs who have accidentally won a couple of ball games over the last two weeks and have hit the 20 win threshold. Wee. The question with the Rockets is always whether or not the four main guys will be efficient enough on a given night. And for this one, the guys that we've been trusting for Houston are Shangun and Kevin Porter Jr. Those guys have been hovering. For Shangun, he's been above the cut line the whole year. But, I mean, he, he did have like a six-week stretch where he wasn't. But over the course of the year, he's been inside of the marker. Porter's been basically there all year. Jabari Smith has been... Certainly better here down the stretch. But again, a little bit more stat-hunty than anything else. Jalen Green, it's all about efficiency with him. You know, much better points league option. Tari Eason had one of his better ball games here. You got the rebounds, you got the steals. That's kind of what you're hunting for with Tari. And then K.J. Martin, who just not enough usage now that everybody's back. Atlanta blew out Chicago. If anybody, hello to the Chicago Bulls. Who the heck are they? I don't know who they are. <laughs> they looked really good for a couple of, like, two, three weeks there. And, like, then just got blitzed by Atlanta in this one. No excuse. Bogdan Bogdanovich had a bigger ball game. We knew Sadiq Bey would have a better one uh, with no um, DeAndre Hunter. So Bay is a play here as long as Hunter is out. Bogdan got kicked into the starting lineup with no Trey Young. And, like, there's a there's the letdown factor there on the Chicago side. Oh, good, we don't have to deal with Trey Young. And then, was Atlanta better? That's the way it always looks for that first game, and then things level off a little bit. Okago was great again. Capella was fine. DeJounte was decent. I mean, this game ended early, so you sort of get what you get out of the main dudes. Um, anytime one of the guards is out, Bogdan is playable. Anytime one of the forwards is out, Bay is playable. That's the story with Atlanta right now. For Chicago... You got your main horses, and then everybody else is a coin flip, and in this one, the Patrick Williams coin flip came up heads, and the everybody else coin flip came up tails. I ain't taking a shot there. Skyler Mays! This was the I-want-to-see-it-before-I-do-anything-with-it guy, and he's, he did it. We saw it. Go ahead, man. Let her rip on Skylar Mays. Have at it. Let's be very, very cognizant of the fact that he could implode in the next ball game. But at the same time, uh, like, this could work. I'm not sure, is he even on the board? In I'm looking for him in, in on Yahoo, and he's not even listed. <laughs> Yahoo doesn't even have him on the board. He's literally not addable. Oh, man. That's really, really funny. So good luck to you, Yahoo, that does not have Skylar Mace on the table. Holy moly, that's bad. I get it, we're in the last week here, but Um. Anyway, if your league has him, because Yahoo doesn't still... Wow, this is really, that's really, I don't I don't know that I've ever seen that before. Skylar May is not in the Yahoo free agent pool. How the hell is that possible? All right, well, okay. Um, no trend in Watford in this one. Uh, Kevin Knox started and he is not at all trustworthy. Shaden Sharp is all points, boards, and assists. That's what we've been talking about. The other stuff is, is not going to be there, but the points and assists might very well be enough for what you're looking for. Drew Eubanks, two years, silly season, mega winner, four blocks in this one for Drew. I don't the field goal percent. I would certainly like to see improve a little bit. Uh, and then Skylar May, twenty four, eight and seven. But like, good luck to you finding him because he's not on the board in Yahoo yet. For Memphis, uh, Xavier Tillman played thirteen minutes and then they went small. Uh, so JJJ played center the rest of the way through, and that's unfortunately happened a couple of times here with Tillman where either he's been playing poorly or the matchup just hasn't been there. For a while, he's been trustworthy, but this one just wasn't it. If you're worried, though, the Grizzlies have Jonas Valanciunas to deal with in this one, so I think you can pretty well expect Tillman to get a big old chunk of minutes. There's also the possibility of Memphis resting some guys on the back-to-back. We shall see if they're in or out. I think they play them because I think Memphis is still trying to fend off the Kings and catch Denver, but we'll see. Uh, Luke Kennard filling in for Dylan Brooks had himself a six three-pointer game. Boy, he's settled in nicely as a three-point streamer with the Grizzlies. That's for damn sure. Uh, But I do think that the big worry here is will Tillman be better in the next one, and I think the answer is yes. Philly held on and beat Boston 103-101. This one had a little bit of a playoff feel to it. Slow, slow tempo. Boston now finally basically eliminated from a run at that top spot. They've got a back-to-back at home against Toronto, so we may see some guys resting, so keep an eye out for possible pickups on the Boston side. If they're resting everybody, we've seen guys like Sam Hauser jump into playing time. You know, you might see Blake Griffin. Grant Williams could be playable if you think they're going to get more than 10 shots. Philly is about to go into rest mode also. Joel Embiid at 52 to probably lock up the MVP. Whether you like it or not, uh, I do believe the NBA would like to give it to somebody new. And Embiid, uh, from a fantasy standpoint, is actually in a dead heat with Jokic on a per-game basis right now, and only getting outplayed by Jokic by three ballgames on the year. Who saw that coming? Not I, said the fly. I thought Jokic would have him by at least five to eight, and it's a three-game separation right now. But if you want to try to get out in front of some stuff, you better believe that it's almost Anthony Melton time in Philadelphia because they're going to give Embiid and Harden some time off here down the stretch now that they are basically, basically fully locked into that three spot. Maybe one more game before you go there since they won it, so they got close enough to try to attack Boston, but Melton time is coming here for at least, I would think, one to two ball games, maybe three, Uh, but, you know... Give it a minute because he didn't do anything in this one. And again, we're talking Roto. So you play him when it makes sense right now. Sacramento uh, beat up on the the Pelicans. This was one of those ones where you started to see a, a lot of money on the gambling side coming in on the Pelicans because of the which team cares more phenomenon. And that's an easy one to get lost in a little bit. Uh, the line typically has accounted for like which team is fighting for their playoff lives type of stuff, these final week of the season. And so whatever bet you're making there, just make sure that you've already taken that into account. If you have great. If you haven't, you know, the more, you know, anyway, Sacramento, uh, play well in this one. They looked good. They looked focused. Um, Got good games out of all of the rollier of the players. You know, Herter, Monk, Keegan Murray, Harrison Barnes, these guys were all super efficient. Darren Fox is actually not quite as good here, but they sort of didn't need it. Um, Keegan Murray, seven more three-pointers. Seven more three-pointers. I still can't... I know he's been a decent year for Keegan. He's number 107 per game in 9-cat. Um... Built heavily on the shoulders of, of being an excellent three-point shooter and low turnovers, um, and as as nice as his season has been at times, you know, a little up and down. Obviously, um, I still I cannot put out of my mind that thread running on Twitter where it was suggested you should give up Kawhi Leonard for Keegan Murray, and like that, you cannot win a truly competitive fantasy league. Giving up a guy with first round upside uh, for a guy with like top 100 and more healthy, it it's just never gonna work. It doesn't help your team. That was that was this moment where I was like, oh my god, this is the thing that's happening right now. I need to yell louder to remind people how you actually go out there and win a fantasy league, and it's it's not assembling a bunch of dudes who are around the top 100 and healthy. Not in a 12-teamer. I mean, like, 24-teamer, that might work. Anywho, uh, no real fantasy notes on this ballgame. New Orleans only scored 103, so you got quieter games from a a number of the regulars, but it's the same stuff for them. Herb is the um, category hunting play, and then the other four starters for the Pels are the guys that you're absolutely using. Lakers beat the Jazz in overtime. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch this ballgame. It was a fun one. Lakers led by 10 with 84 seconds left. And the Jazz took him to OT. Kelly Olenek, 4 for 4, I believe, from downtown, including a wild banked 3. Damian Jones went 3 for 3. I think the Jazz starting or the Jazz centers in this game went 7 for 7 from downtown or something crazy like that. Uh, but I mean, this is like on the Utah side. Uh, Colin Sexton came back, played 16 minutes. He was actually pretty damn good in his 16 minutes, and his usage was nuts. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I, we really need to see him get into the mid-20s before you can use that. THT uh, probably tried to do too much in this ball game. Maybe a little revenge situation, but his efficiency was god-awful. Ochai Abaji, excellent. When Lowry Markenen sits, Kelly O'Linick, we knew he'd be really good with no Markenen and no Walker Kessler, so no big surprise there. The whole question was could he stay out of foul trouble? And he mostly did. I know he ended with five fouls, but you know, 35 minutes he got through overtime. Uh Luka Shamanich played pretty well in his twenty two minutes, but I don't see that number spiking. Damian Jones played really well in his 32 minutes. I don't see that repeating itself either. Uh Yudoka Azubuki got the start at center and uh, just got run over by Anthony Davis, so uh, I wouldn't read too much into that. He might start again, and maybe the minutes are better in the next one if if he's not dealing with AD, although I think they do have another one with the Lakers here later this week. Um, But as far as the Jazz go, everything you're doing is built on whether or not Lowry Markin is in the lineup or out. If he's in, you go Lowry, you go Olinik. That's it right now. If he's out... You go Olenek, you go Abaji and that's probably it, unless you can withstand the THT percentages, and then he could maybe get into your lineup as well. As far as the Lakers go, the only question mark, I mean, you're starting four out of the five main guys. There was no uh, D'Angelo Russell in this one, so Dennis Schroeder slid in. He's not a guy I'm typically starting. He did just enough in this one, but it took him 42 minutes to get there. D'Lo, LeBron, AD, Reeves are the four guys you're starting for the Lakers when they're in. So now, what happens if the Lakers rest some folks on the back-to-back? And do we think they're going to rest folks on the back-to-back? Because right now, if the Lakers win out, they guarantee a spot in the regular playoffs, non-play-in spot. Because this game with the Clippers, and they, they do not have the tiebreaker in that one, this game with the Clippers... Those two teams are tied right now. Uh, Warriors have played an additional ball game. The Warriors, the Clippers, and the Lakers all have 38 losses right now. So, uh, conceivably, the Warriors and the Lakers... Warriors have two games left, so they could get to 44 and 38. The Lakers could also get to 44 and 38, but they have the tiebreaker over Golden State, and they'd be ahead of the Clippers because they'd have to beat the Clippers tonight to get to that spot. So, I don't know. I mean, I th- I know it's an overtime game and then travel. So this is a really rough spot, but I think the Lakers regulars might be in this one. I guess we'll see. AD has not been playing in back-to-backs. Um what's more important, because a loss here and then the Lakers are once again in severe jeopardy of falling back into the play-in spot. What's more important? Okay, let's say they could maybe get the seven seed in the play-in with a loss today and then a couple wins, but the Lakers also have the Suns coming up. And then the Jazz to finish out the year, that's a game that they probably should win. But if they don't win today, they could very easily go one and two these final three games, which puts them at 42 and 40, and you know obviously they'd be in the play-in at that point. But they might be even in the lower half of the bracket. So I think the Lakers regulars might be playing tonight. If they don't, you know, there's kind of a like a one-to-one thing going on there. Like, if Anthony Davis sits, you can probably play Wenyen Gabriel. If LeBron sits, you could probably play Jared Vanderbilt. Although, eh, you know, I think they need him out there to deal with Kawhi. Maybe it's Rui Hachimura. He's actually been playing pretty well lately for LA. Reeves, I think, is in regardless. But there's a lot hanging in the balance here of who the hell's going to play for the Lakers, and I don't think we'll know until much later on tonight, unfortunately. Golden State, big second half to topple the Thunder, who now sit just a half game up on the Mavericks. Both of those teams with 42 losses on the year. Ooh. Lucas said he's not resting. There was a report Shams went out and said the Jazz might have to think about sitting their superstars, which did feel a little bit premature when they were only like, a game out of a playoff spot. Now they're only a half game out. And the Thunder totally blew their easy part of the schedule, splitting games with tanking teams. Uh, And now they go into Utah tomorrow, which, as we're seeing, is not a gimme. And then Memphis on the last day, which is probably going to be against the Zombie Grizzlies, but, I mean, they got to win out. Dallas has a big game with Sacramento, Uh, tonight, Chicago on Friday, their schedule is a little bit tougher here, but I mean, we'll see as far as fantasy goes, uh, really nothing to deal with in this one. I think we probably see Andrew Wiggins for the Warriors in their next ball game, but it doesn't change much for me because I wasn't playing Kaminga. I'm not playing Dante DiVincenzo. I know he had a better ball game here, but like the day to day is no longer trustable. Kevon Looney, you can still stream for rebounds, but that's probably about as far as you go. And then with Wiggins, I don't think you can just drop him back into your lineup on the fantasy side. He's been out for a long time. The tanking Spurs. Uh, Let's see, who played in this one? Trey Jones played in this one. He was great. So, you know, maybe he sits the next one. Who knows? Do we see Keldon Johnson at any point the rest of the year? Who knows? Do we see Zach Collins the rest of the season? Who knows? Do we see Devin Vassell? Who knows? All a mess. I have no problem if you guys want to punt on any of these dudes because the Spurs are such a ridiculous headache right now that I want to hurl myself out the window. It's so annoying. And it's super and it's also it's like triply annoying because the fill-in guys are not that good. Sandro is the one that had a couple of good ball games. Now he's kind of come back to earth without the defensive stats and sort of the percentages coming back down, there there isn't a great replacement level guy, I know Malachi Branham was a little better in this one and like, if everybody's sitting, I guess you could go Branham, but damn I think I'd rather just leave the Spurs alone what a cluster mess Kevin Durant was not very good in this one, but they played the Spurs so it didn't really matter because the Spurs are terrible and they're attempting to lose ball games. so, you know Whatever. Torrey Craig was decent, but I don't care. I feel the same way about Torrey Craig being decent as I do when Jimmy cracked corn. I don't care. What's coming up tonight here on an eight-game Wednesday? Well, first, what's coming up is that you guys got to try out our wager pass. That's what I'm going to be pushing here on the show for the foreseeable future because I will personally be doing some handicapping of the playoffs. We'll do some of it here on the show. Uh, we'll do some of it on social media as well. Ethos Wagering is the spot. The Twitter feed, uh, its those guys are so good, man. You don't even need me. I know a lot of you guys are like, I want to see what Dan's going to do with this stuff, but these guys are locked in, man. Ethos Wagering. And I'll again say it, if you guys want to try it out, the wagering, the wager pass, hit me up either in the YouTube chat or... On Twitter at Dan Vespres, or in our forums, or on Discord, or whatever, and I will happily get you a steep discount on your first month, just so you can kind of test it out a little bit. These guys are dominant, man. Mike Kolsinski, who uh, we we the guys put out the the final numbers on on college basketball, um, calls as the nickname goes, hit the UConn plus 2,300 future on college hoops. He put one unit, whatever your unit might be, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever, at 23 to 1, and he hit it. That is a big swing. And believe it or not, he was up 19 units on the season without that future. Blake was up 12. These guys just crush. That's college hoops. Fiddle is, uh, he's up a billion in the NBA. Like, so try it out. And I'm just, okay, moving away from the promo side of things now for a minute. With sports betting becoming legal in more places and more commonplace, and I, I sent a tweet out about this, and I'm sure it's going to lose me some followers because nobody wants to hear me, b- like, bitch and moan about this type of stuff. But the, uh, the lack of understanding of sports betting basics is so prevalent right now. And the way to get over that is to join a service that's not just going to tell you, ah, this is the play of the month. You got to get on the play of the month. But a place that's actually going to teach you how to do it, what to look for, how to analyze how lines are moving, what is home court worth, like all these little things, what's baked into the line and not. There's so much that goes into sports betting beyond like, oh, this team seems better. Oh, I like this parlay because it pays three to one. Yeah, of course. Please check out Ethos Wagering at the very least and, and maybe even interact with the pros if you want to like talk to some folks before you buy anything. Um, but those guys will help you learn how to do it. And it is super fun if you know what you're doing. And if you don't, you're going to lose your butt quick. All right, let's take a look at this eight-game Wednesday. Uh, we, we've talked about almost every team in the NBA because of the Wild Tuesday, but the Knicks are at Indiana, and you know, those are a couple of the teams that actually we didn't talk about on uh, the the Wacky and Wild Tuesday. Um, we did talk about them during our, our big reverse chronological deal over the weekend, but for the Knicks, you're watch- it sounds like R.J. Barrett is back, so I would expect Obi Toppin to slide back into a little bit more of a backseat kind of deal, and you'll still get the big Emmanuel quickly because... Julius Randle remains out. For Indiana, you're just watching to see if any veterans creep back into the mix. It doesn't seem like it. So you can, except for maybe Buddy Heald, and and he's probably playable. But, you know, you're looking at the big men. Uh, this will be a slower ball game with the Knicks. So I'd be a little bit worried about using someone like Andrew Nemhart. But, like, maybe those, those wings and guards are okay. I think I'd be more comfortable trying guys like Isaiah Jackson or even Jalen Smith in this one. Or if you wanted to wait it out with India and, you know, go for a least less defensive-minded game, I'd be okay with that as well. Brooklyn, Detroit. Uh, the only thing you're watching here is to see if Jalen Duran gets unleashed again or if they rest him on the back-to-back. Let's hope he's doubly unleashed. Washington, I'm hoping DeLon Wright is back, but if not, we got all we needed to know out of that ball game yesterday. Same story with Atlanta. Uh, DeAndre Hunter, by the way, was ruled out while we've been talking here on this broadcast. That happened about uh, 15 minutes ago or so, something in that neck of the woods. Uh, Trey Young remains questionable for the Hawks due to the illness that kept him out yesterday. Bogdan Bogdanovich doesn't always play on the back-to-back, so keep an eye on that as well. You might just get more usage shoveled to some of the other names we saw uh, that played relatively well in yesterday's game, so keep on churning there. Chicago at Milwaukee, Uh, you're just watching to see who's resting on the Milwaukee side. That's the only story there. And then who remains, because those folks will have all kinds of usage. Looking at you, Bobby Portis. Toronto, nothing. Boston, who's in, who's out? There might be some slot plays, one-night stands. Memphis, will they rest anybody? I I know that a lot of folks are questionable right now, but I I feel like the Grizzlies play their guys for this one. Also, because this game has pretty big implications for the Pels, and I think there's an integrity thing that also goes on. Because Memphis, they're, like, they're not locked into the two-seed just yet. It's close, but not quite. We'll see. Pelicans, nothing. Sacramento, nothing. Dallas, nothing yet. Lakers, uh, whether or not they play their big guns. And then for the Clippers, I feel like Norman Powell is probably playable in this one. Especially with the Lakers on this, this nasty, exhausted back-to-back. Which, by the way, common misconception. When teams are exhausted, they often suffer the most on defense. Jump shots maybe not as great either, but defense is the thing that tuckers teams out. Um, So this one might end up higher scoring than you'd expect. Barring, of course, the Lakers completely running out of gas, trying to slow the game to a crawl in the fourth quarter. Clippers are also with Kawhi, a little bit more of a half-court team, but I, I feel like they're going to score in this one. <laughs> I don't know how the Lakers have much in the way of defense left, but we'll see. Uh, but again, that one comes down to whether or not the uh, the Lakers' studs are playing also. Uh, and that is that. Again, go check out Ethos Wagering. That's what I'm going to throw at your faces here for the next, I don't know how many months, because we're getting close to the offseason. Two more in-season shows. Oh, I know. So sad. Hey, let me know how things went for you guys on Twitter. I'd love to hear more. Again, I, wa- I do also want feedback on things we did well this year, things that you'd like to see changed or maybe new things, whether it's for the podcast or how we interact on social media or uh, even in just, like, the way that Ethos puts stuff out. Please hit us up here, at Dan DanVespers on Twitter, uh, and drop a five-star review on the pod. Like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And YouTubers, stick around after the show for questions. Non-Youtubers, we'll see y'all tomorrow.